KCL or live with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo with a fantastic range of shops, food outlets and a state-of-the-art IMC cinema. See fairgreen.ie. Hello, good morning and welcome along to KCL or live with Brian Redmond this Thursday morning, the 31st of August, with you through until 12 o'clock, presuming I can keep my teeth in, of course. You can free phone us on 1800 96 96 the KCLR dinner's ready text and WhatsApp number is 083 306 9696 or of course you can email us KCLR live at KCLR 96 FM.com it's great to be with you um, I can't believe it I was just dropping the kids off to school this morning and I can't remember many occasions when I had to drop them off to school last year in the rain Strangely, I don't know why, or maybe I'm blocking them out, but uh, only back two days and a rainy morning to kick it all off. Do take care if you're dropping people off or picking them up a little bit later on in the afternoon. People tend to be head down and run when the weather is like that. Uh, but do look after yourselves. Roads are a dangerous place, as we've all found out so much over the last week or two. Um, so do take care if you're out and about. But what have we got for you this morning? Well, in a couple of moments' time, I'll be speaking to Liam O'Brien, Green Party representative for Bagnallstown, because just late last year it was announced the Bagnell Town had been awarded half a million euro under the Town and Village Renewal Scheme. But what exactly are they going to spend the money on? What were they planning to spend the money on? Has that changed? Liam O'Brien will be giving us all of the insight on that. Storytelling. Yeah, the genesis of all communication, of course, is storytelling. Kilkenny County Council Library Service have just announced that Helena Byrne is going to be their new storyteller in residence. She'll be joining us about 20 past 10 to talk about the value of reading, the importance of reading and what her role will intake. And September on KCLR. Well, it's wedding month on KCLR throughout September. I can still remember the stress and the drama of the preparations for our own wedding. But Carmel Nolan has all the details on the perfect event that will help alleviate all those stresses for those preparing for their big day. She'll be joining me in studio around about 25 to 11. Councillor Pat Fitzpatrick also, yeah... He's just not just a councillor, he's also the president of the Irish Association of Local Government and we'll be asking for his thoughts on yesterday's constituency review report, that coming after 11 hours to protect continues and Anne Neary will be joining us in studio, so do stay here, lots to come. And, like every day this week so far, we're going to give you another opportunity with thanks to our friends at Tremor Amusement Park to thank all their customers, they're giving away books of 10. Yes, each book has 10 admission tickets to the amusement park. We've had one every day this week and this morning is no different. What we're going to do today though is we're going to play you a piece of music because that is of course Fairground and what I'm asking you this morning is can you tell me which artists sang that song? Text me or WhatsApp me on 083 306 9696 with the name of that artist and you'll be in with a chance of winning today's book of tickets to Tremor Amusement Park. Keep them coming in. 083 306 9696. Now, as we said a few moments ago, Liam O'Brien, Green Party representative, he joins us in studio and be talking all things Bagnallstown and funding. Good morning, Liam. Good morning, Brian. Great to have you in. First of all, take us back to late 2022 when Carlow County Council was awarded this half a million euros. Where did it come from and what was it for? Yeah, it was under the Town and Village Renewal Scheme and it was great news for Bagnestown at the time. I think Carlow County Council are to be commended for submitting a very successful application. They got a million and a half for County Carlow and 500,000 of that, half a million was earmarked for Bagnestown for the development of the Keys area in Bagnestown, if people are familiar with it, right along the Barrow at Rootkins Mill, and it would be for the enhancement of the Barrow, and it would create a kind of a plaza area, 
which would be, you know, a nice public realm area, which would be great for the people of Bangasau, but would also attract visitors. So mm. it was great news for the town, and people were looking forward to the project going ahead. And there was going to be a coffee dock and, you know, covered canopy and almost quite sort of Venetian almost in terms of its feeling, allowing people uh, to enjoy the riverside. Um, what's happened though since? Uh, so... Uh, a number of weeks ago, I heard that Carroll County Council the plans had changed, that they had abandoned those plans and earmarked the funding for another site in Bagnestown. In my view, a far inferior site, uh, an area behind the Credit Union building in Bagnestown. It is a kind of a secluded area. It already attracts a certain amount of antisocial activity. And I think if this project were to go ahead, it would just act as a magnet, further magnet for it. Um, so I think they chose the site because primarily because they own the land, you know, and therefore they wouldn't have issues around purchase or anything like that. Uh, so I raised my concerns with, with Minister Malcolm Newman, Green Party TD for Carrickkenny, of course, and he uh, wrote a letter to the minister looking for clarification. What's going on? So the minister responded very promptly, in fairness. And she confirmed that uh, on the 20th of June, Carter County Council sought a change to location, citing a technical challenge in respect of road design. Now, in that correspondence as well, it also said that the council had uh, consulted uh, widely with local uh, stakeholders. And look, I know uh, as as environmental officer with Bagnestown Improvement Group that that is not the case. It did not happen. So there's two elements to this. The first part, I suppose, is if you want to call it the abandonment of the original plan. Yes. And we'll talk a little bit more about why that plan was abandoned, if you like, in the first place. And then the selection of a, a new site, a new a new um, scheme, if you like, in order to put the funding in. Yeah. Uh, you've mentioned roads there. Um, yeah. Was that the reason for the abandonment of the original plan? And I would contest, shouldn't that have been considered before the original application? Yeah, it was. Look, on the basis of that letter from the Minister, our correspondent with the Carroll County Council, and in fairness again, they responded very, very promptly to me. And they cited uh, difficulties with road design. Basically, they wanted to kind of uh, remove one of the road carriageways in order to create this plaza and that would have meant redirecting, reorganising traffic all around the town. So uh, the road engineers looked at it, consulted with, got consultants in and really you would have had to perhaps uh, put in another roundabout in order to facilitate this and that would be at an extra cost of 500000 Yeah, well, I was just going to say, I mean, yeah. we've heard so many times in history um, the cost of putting in a roundabout has been yeah. 400000 500000 yes. three quarters of a million euros. Yeah. It would seem a bit sort of um, ill-prepared considering they made the application to put the plaza in this particular location yeah. and then subsequently discovered actually we'd have to spend the same amount of money again just yeah. to facilitate spending that money. Yeah. Look, uh, look, Carroll County, there's plenty of good professional people in Carroll County Council. I'm not here today to actually have a, a bash at them. Mm. I think, look, uh, it was a great plan. It looked good. Uh, once I sat down with more to get into the details of it, these problems emerged. So then, I suppose, they're looking at it. didn't want to lose the funding. Yeah, of course. So, so they start and go, look, what other sites can, can we develop potentially fairly quickly? Uh, they looked at this site at the back of the Credit Union, which they own. And do you, you think, Liam, there's potential issues where it comes back to central funding if if they were to go back to central funding and say, well, you know that half million you gave us to spend on that, we actually didn't spend on that, we spent it on something else? Well, look, the whole the funding was to enhance the barrow. Now, this new site will do nothing to enhance the barrow. It will just create more problems around the town. Uh, in my view, the money would be better spent purchasing Bagnestown House, which is an old heritage building in the town. It's right beside the barrow and develop that into a barrow heritage centre. That would truly enhance the barrow. Now, you know, at, there's no point proceeding with something that is a mistake. I think, you know, just maybe admit, you know, we've got this one wrong. It is going to go to public consultation. And I would be uh, encouraging people at Bagnestown to go along 
and express their concerns around the new site and instead uh, advocate that Carlow County Council spend the money and purchase the Bagnestown House. Mm. I would see that as being a, a fantastic location for a Barrow Heritage Centre which could fulfil some of the following fu- functions. It could celebrate the borough's heritage and its place in the towns and regions history. It could be a sort an educational centre for biodiversity wildlife along the borough. Carlow County Council owns the adjacent Jordan's Field. That could be developed into a caravan park for, for visitors. It could act as a centre, a focal group for walking groups. You could have a bike rental facility there. You could have a cafe there. It could act as a facility for uh, water leisure facilities on the borough, which are developing, like a new kayaking club. So, I mean, there's huge potential there. Okay. I mean, you contest that the selection of the current site, which is, I think you said is behind the credit union in Bagnellstown, uh, you, you said it's a mistake. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure Carlow County Council would refute that and say, you know, they've considered it quite quite in detail. Mm-hmm. Um, why do you think that particular site is a mistake? And what is it that they're planning to do with that site as, as the plans currently exist? Yeah. Now, look, I haven't seen the plan, so I have to, uh, you know, I have to concede that. Mm. Uh, so, you know, when it comes to part eight and people get a chance to have reviews and that the plans will be revealed to the public. But I, I haven't seen the plans. I, I can see that. But it is, it's way down. Uh, so the Credit Union building is up in the main street. This site is down by the river. There's an elevation difference there. In order to uh, develop a site, I think you'd have to actually dig into uh, kind of a, a, a hill there. Um, uh, it would essentially, there's you'd be surrounded on four sides by walls and buildings. You would have no view of the river. Mm. It would be a landscaped area in essentially what really a pit, you know. Um, so I can't see how it's going to work. Uh, access to it is difficult. But, but, but I mean, just, just to be a little bit tough on you, Liam, if you yeah. haven't seen what the plans are, is it not a bit early to be, you know, saying that this is the wrong selection, the wrong site, the wrong proposal? Well, I've spoken to several other people who have very similar concerns, stakeholders in the town uh, involved in, in town's development, uh, who have a history of developing facilities in the town, and they are concerned about this development. They see it as being wrong-headed. Uh, you know, look, uh, I haven't seen the plans, I admit that, but when you look at the site, it is hard to see anything else other than a site that is surrounded on, four, on, on, on three sides. Uh, on the, in the open side is going out on, onto a, a kind of a, another area but you will not see be able to see the barrow it will not the money is there to enhance the barrow this will not enhance the barrow I think it is wrong headed uh, look as I say I can see why the site uh, they did choose simply because they own the land yeah. now Bagnestown House uh, it was bought for 10 million at the height of the Celtic Tiger uh, with the house and 20 acres for a development of housing was it bought privately? Bought privately. Yeah. Okay. Now, th- then we had the the, the bust, uh, the property market collapsed, and the planning permission lapsed. In 2013, it was put in the market for 130,000 wow. euro. Okay. Now, I'm not sure what its market valuation is at the moment, but there may be an opportunity uh, f- that the developer might be open to the idea of selling the house and retaining the land and perhaps going for planning permission again because as a protected structure you would have difficulty with, with any kind of de- residential development. So th- I think Carlow County Council should investigate that, about that potential and see where it leads them. You could get, you know, purchase the property. Obviously you will need much more money to develop it. I understand that. But I think there's good precedent for this. Greg Manor has a barrow activity hub down there. Mm-hmm. And it's a fantastic facility. Absolutely. Is, We've talked about it so many times yeah. on, the, on the show here. It doesn't just serve the local community. Yeah. It attracts people and business into that local community. Absolutely. It's been a game changer on Greg Manor. And I'm looking for a game changer for Bagnestown. 
Bagnestown needs to rebrand itself. You know, it has a very good uh, kind of economy in terms of a light engineering sector, agriculture, but the town centre, like other town centres, are suffering. Too many derelict and vacant buildings. Just, it is naive to think that, you know, towns like Bagnestown will go back to having a pro- independent traders like uh, grocers, shoe shop, uh, clothes shops. That's not going to happen. You need a new product. And this could be the new product which Bagnestown needs to revitalise its town centre and bring vibrancy back. And indeed, I think it could be a game changer for South Carlow, from Milford, Bagnestown, uh, Lachlan Bridge, down to St Mullins. It could be a real game changer. We've all heard about South Carlow being a hidden gem, but it hasn't been, its potential has not been realised. We talked... We're talking to uh, Liam O'Brien, Green Party representative, about um, Bagnellstown and the funding that it received late last year, um, just over half or half a million euros. I mean, if you're from Bagnellstown and you've only got any thoughts on, on where this money should be spent, let us know. 083 306 9696. That dinner's ready text and WhatsApp line. Liam, what's the, what's the next steps in terms of the proposed plan as it stands from Carlow County Council and you know submitting your proposal, uh, is there a public consultation due to happen on the development as it stands from Carlow County Council? Yeah, like up to this point, I mean it, there was an announcement in, in November, December last year about this grant since then there's been very little talk there were two in-council meetings where the elected representatives were uh, apprised of what was happening as regards the, the proje- original project being abandoned and a new, new new project. There was two in-committee meetings, which means the media weren't there. Mm. And then there was one formal municipal district meeting. So that was only one opportunity for the public to have some kind of knowledge of what's going on. So as it stands... And, uh, and how, was it dis- how was it discussed at a public meeting? Look, I, I'm not privy to the details, you know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, now... Uh, in the correspondence from Carter County Council they tell me that it will go to Part 8 in September which means uh, plans will be publicised, it will be advertised in Nashes for example, people can go over to the county buildings in Carlow, look at the plans and make submissions and I am encouraging and advocating that people uh, look at it, okay if they look at it and they find it's good, I like it, that's, that's their obviously they can support it, but I would be saying, I would suggest that, that people uh, argue that, that Bagnestown House be purchased for the people of Bangs, for the development of Bagnestown going forward. I think, you know, it's high time that, that it was done. It's been uh, allowed to go derelict and vacant for too long. And people know that it's, it was a valuable heritage building and are saddened by its decline. But now is an opportunity to do something. I feel that if you go back with, with a good argument to the minister, the money is there. She doesn't want it back. You go back with, with a coherent argument and I believe that money can be secured for it. Well, maybe you'll come back and join us in September when we've actually seen those plans and we can discuss them a little bit further. Of course, before I let you go, it's, it can't let any politician in or out of the building at the moment without discussing um, the uh, electoral report yesterday. I'm disappointed that Carlo didn't end up as a, an independent three-seat uh, constituency of its own. Well, look, I think for democracy as a whole in the country, and I think that we have to be, always be concerned about that, that uh, the reduction of, of constituency to three-seaters is bad for small parties uh, and it's bad for our democracy. And I suppose, you know, as a Green Party, we would be one of those smaller parties. So mm. we would favour five-seat constituencies and indeed six-seat constituencies, which would allow... Our, our democracy is brilliant. Our pro- proportional representation system is fantastic in that the parliament is representative of people's votes so if a but a lot of people in Carlow would still feel the the people on the street, the constituents of Carlow, would prefer to have their own three politicians. Well, they wouldn't get three because there's sixty one thousand people in Carlow. Uh, the the you're supposed to have one TD for every at a lower end twenty thousand mm-hmm. and at a higher end a thousand. And the electoral commission said they were setting the the, the average at the higher end yeah. at twenty nine thousand. So we would have got 
we would have had to take in a large chunk of another county in, in order, order to get, get a third. three TDs. Yeah, and we know how well that's gone down. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how that all pans out. But listen, Liam, when we get those details as to what that money is actually going to be spent on in Bagnall's Hill, maybe you'll come back and join us then from there. Liam, o- Liam O'Brien Green, party representative for Bagnall's Hill. Uh, thanks for joining us this morning. 19 minutes past 10 o'clock. We'll be back in a couple of moments when I'll be talking about storytelling with Helena Byrne. Carlo Kilkenny, KCLR. Hi, you're welcome back to KCLR Live this morning. Uh, it's Brian Redmond with you until uh, 12 o'clock. Do keep those entries coming in for those fairground tickets. So many of you identifying the piece of music we played for you earlier on this morning. The piece of music is called Fairground, but I was wondering and asking who it was that sang it. I'll play it for you a little bit later on, so uh, do stay tuned. But now I'm joined in studio by Helena Byrne because I think the want to communicate and tell a story is sort of the genesis of all great writing. Whether you're writing a sales pitch or whether whether you're writing a novel or an autobiography, storytelling is at the heart of all writing. And Kilkenny County Council Library Service has just announced that Helena Byrne is its new storyteller in residence. And she joins us now to tell us her story. Good morning, Helena. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to have you in. So uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the role and your involvement and that type of thing as well. But as I said, it's your own story. Oh, my! well, how long have we got? (laughs) We've got eight minutes, so. (laughs) Well, um, I'm from Bally. Hale originally, uh, living in Dublin now, but I've been uh, working as a storyteller or Shanachie, as we would call it, of course, uh, for about starting to lose count, about 13 years or thereabouts, um, telling stories to adults and children, a bit of both. And um, I just came across this opportunity with uh, Kilkenny Libraries to become their storyteller in residence. Yeah. And I jumped at the opportunity um, because I, I I find that libraries are something that are they're such a fantastic resource for adults and children for both and so many people don't realise the resource that's actually there for them Um, I myself I have a one year old at home and um yeah, yeah, the joy, busy, the joy. Yeah, no, uh, for a moment, for a moment there, I went to my own story, my own journey back in time, about mm-hmm. eight years now since we had a, a one-year-old in the house, and immediately I was transported to feelings of pain and stress and everything else. So I can feel <laughs> yeah. all that in you. Well, that pain and stress can be lessened by bringing them to the library and uh, introducing them to the, the the wonder that is. I know that sounds a little silly, but the wonder that is books. Yeah, there's a huge connection I think between the written and the physical, and what I, what I mean by that is. You you know, children, adults, we pick up a book and it's, it's basically ink on a page. But those words in our mind transport us to places or thoughts or feelings. And also when we think about the performance, you know, acting, for example, that's turning print on a page into something physical. So Absolutely. is your background more performance-based or more literary? It, it, it wouldn't so much be literary. It would be oral storytelling. So I, I myself, I... I dabble in writing, but mm. most of my work would be storytelling in a performance yeah. sort of uh, sort of way. Um, so what I'll be doing uh, quite a great deal of during my residency is actually having events at the library and telling stories to children and also getting the children involved in the storytelling because, you know, adults will sit and they'll listen to a story. Kids want to be part of the story. That's the, yeah, that's the difference. I so think when you see a pantomime, for example, versus exactly. something maybe in the Abbey. You know, when people Absolutely. go to the Abbey, they sit there, they want to be either entertained or enthralled or educated 
Whereas when you go to a band, there's a fourth wall. There is, yeah. Whereas with storytelling, that that doesn't really exist. You know, you can actually, the audience can embrace it and actually become part of the story. And that's really what I love about children's storytelling is that you can get them involved, get them up on their feet, acting out the stories, um, performing sound effects in the stories and then creating their own stories as well. Mm. Uh, What I particularly love doing is getting kids to just create their own characters in their own minds, whether it's a a zombie or an alien or whatever the case you know sometimes it's Spongebob but (laughs) you'd have to be very able and capable to go with the flow I think your profession would probably call it improvise you know because definitely Absolutely. This story didn't have a zombie in it when it started, but it's now got a whole classroom of them. Exactly, exactly. Um, Part of of that exercise I do when kids are creating their own characters, I I get them to move around the room as their character as well. And when you've got 30 kids, some of whom are crawling on the floor, some are pretending they can fly, some of them, you know, it's just, it's it's mayhem and it's brilliant. I think we get this wrong as parents. Because I think we're so interested in, you know, teaching our children to read from an educational perspective, mm-hmm. as in they have to be able to look at words on a page and read them out so that they don't get embarrassed or make a fool of themselves when they're asked to stand up in class and read that little paragraph. But I think reading is so much more than that. It's yeah. about it's about escapism. It's about expression. It's about all of those things. But actually, the reading is just the basic skill that you need to be able yeah. to do all of those well, the things. The reading will come if you if you introduce a child to storytelling and to books the reading will come along with that you know so it's sort of if, if you actually introduce them to the, the magic that a, a book can offer that's you know that the reading is going to come along with that as well so it's sort of you know don't don't bring the what's the saying don't bring the cart before, before the horse do the way around yeah 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 don't get the cart before the horse um when you were young and you read yourself what type of places did you go to in your own mind oh god um i mean I myself, I loved Enid Blyton and oh. Roald Dahl. Did you read the famous sort of five? I did, of course, I did. Oh my god, yeah. And it, but it, it, again, it's that it's that thing because I've got my youngest daughter now is is very much on the verge of taking on those type of things, and I think yeah. she's fascinated by the fact that her dad read those books as yeah, well. Yeah, and they're timeless. Mm. They're timeless. Yeah, um, which is really that, Julie that's, that's, Dick and Anne George and Timmy the dog. Oh wow! Oh wow! Okay, yeah. So <laughs> you you were a super fan. I was. Yeah, I was. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, I mean, it, it's incredible what what uh, books can really offer to children. I mean, I remember sort of secretly reading at past my bedtime, you know, and I'd have a little light or something like that, trying to read under the covers. And yeah. I'm sure my parents pretended to be, you know, angry, but they weren't at yeah. the end of the day yeah. because... Most of the there's, time. A lot, there's much worse things you could be doing as a child. Well, most of the time the lights are coming from the bedroom now. It's people scrolling through, you know, well, whatever devices it, they yeah. have. And so yeah. you're you're kicking off. Um, you've got a whole, I suppose, schedule of events planned. And, yeah, and uh, more to come. Workshop come. starting on Saturday, the September the 9th in Ferrybank. September 9th in, in Ferrybank. And the following Saturday, then, then I'll be in Castle Comer and Great Namana. And this event, I've called it Mini Members because what I really want to do is not just encourage children to come to the library. I want to encourage the parents to come to the library as well. Um, I know for a fact um, that there are so many parents out there who haven't brought their toddlers or their babies to the library. Uh, Maybe they haven't even been to the library themselves. But this is a great opportunity for them to come introduce their children to the world of books um, you know, at this age, like my one year old, for example, she's obviously not reading, but it's just the fact that, you know, she's able to pick up the book, look at the pictures and all that sort of thing. And the imagination just runs riot. Well, Lily, you can't so, bring toddlers to a library because yes, there'll be somebody, somebody be sitting behind reception looking over her glasses at you going, yes, yes. shh. 
here's the thing this is the perception that I, I mean you probably grew up with the Simpsons as well <laughs> yeah. and our our generation our idea of the library is Lisa Simpson going into the library and there's one other person kind of yeah. <laughs> you cough in the background and this crusty old woman behind the counter who's the librarian I, I've met the librarians in Kilkenny I could, trust, no trust me they're, they're a lot more lively and <laughs> and jovial than, than those characters uh, that's not what the library is there's so much more going on and it's it's not it's not that sort of stiff upper lip kind of place that uh, that we might perceive it to be so you can bring your toddler let the toddler crawl around on the carpets and the soft cushions and all the rest of it and introduce them to the lovely gorgeous books that are there and then discover all of the events that are happening free of charge at your disposal uh, so I certainly hope that a few people will uh, hear this and join me on the 9th and the 16th if they have little wee ones at home and um, is it there on the Saturdays but I mean the library would also be a place maybe for people as you said new mothers Exactly. You know, looking for somewhere to get out of the house during the day. Exactly. Um, they want somewhere that's maybe got a little bit of peace and quiet, some sort of little interaction for the little ones. Um, consider the local library. Exactly, absolutely. And it's it's always there and, and, and you're more than welcome. And yes, babies will cry and they'll have tantrums and all the rest of it. And that's all fine. That's OK. That's the, the library is a public space for all of us to enjoy. Yeah, so you've got these couple of events coming up. Obviously, you're going to have a lot more planned. How long is the residency actually for? Or it's do you until know? December. Okay. Yeah, so I've only got four months. I've got to pack a lot in there. <laughs> um, so I'll be doing a lot of other projects as well, which uh, I'll, I'll happily come back and tell you about. We'll have exhibitions. We'll be delving into local folklore as well. I'm going to be getting children to gather folk tales from their from their from the local library and also from their parents, their grandparents. Uh, hopefully, we'll get a good few ghost stories and stories yeah. about the banshee oh sure uh, Halloween is right in the middle of your thoughts. residency so yeah, it'll all be that type of exactly, stuff kicking in yes. as well if I don't creep out the community a little bit then I haven't done my job <laughs> well listen we'd be delighted to speak to you at some point again in the future maybe coming up towards Halloween will be a nice time Brilliant, to talk about yes. all them spooky scary things that you'll have planned but in general at the moment if people wanted to keep abreast of what's going on and find out about those events as they come online yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, presumably <laughs> they'll find out online they will indeed yeah you can go to any of the, the social media pages for the library or for myself Helena Byrne uh, and you can also go to the Kilkenny Library's website or go to my website I mean yeah the information is definitely easy easily accessed well there you go so Helena, no excuse Helena Byrne <laughs> a new resident storyteller um, with Kilkenny County Council Library Service thank you very much for your time this morning thanks a million um, and it sounds like the library is certainly a much more fun place to be than I ever remembered it being that <laughs> is for sure it's just gone half past ten this morning. I'm going to give you another opportunity to try and get your hands on those tickets for Tremor Fairground. Have a little listen to this. And what I'm asking you to do this morning is use our Dinners Ready text or WhatsApp line to get in contact 083-306-9696 and tell me who it was that sung that song. If you can get that right, you'll be in with the chance of picking up those tickets and we'll pick up before we're off air at 12 o'clock. Don't go anywhere because in just a couple of moments' time, um, I'll be talking all things weddings. Thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo, helping you step out of the sweatpants and into style. See fairgreen.ie. KCLR. You're welcome back to KCLR Live 25 to 11 o'clock this morning. Um, September is less than 24 hours away in September here on KCLR. It's going to be all about this. Don't say no, 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 no. 
On KCLR because September we're getting ready for our very own wedding showcase. It's happening on Thursday the 28th of September between 5 and 9. It's in a fabulous location. But the person who knows all about it, Carmel Nolan from KCLR, is in studio to tell us. Good morning, Carmel. How are you? Good, Brian. How are you? Great. So we're nearly there. We're nearly into September. I suppose September is a great month like any month, I suppose, for planning a wedding. But it is definitely the time where people have gotten the kids back to school. Maybe they got some good news during the summer and somebody got down on a knee somewhere and said, will you? And somebody went, yes, I will. And, you know, all the excitement lasted for a couple of weeks. And now the realisation is dawning on them. We've got a wedding to plan. And uh, we're going to have all the answers, aren't we? Hopefully we'll have all the answers on the night. I'm sure we will. When's it? uh, 29th, 27th? 28. 28, in between. I yeah, got there event. Exactly. What do you think are the biggest challenges for somebody who's just gotten engaged and gone, right, we've now got a wedding to organise. How do we start this? Absolutely. I think most couples' challenges are listening to everyone, giving advice and yeah. everything, where to start. Hotels, venues, that's the starting point for most people. So what we're planning on doing is getting them all in one venue and you pop in, meet them all, have the chats, find out exactly what you want. Yeah, it's it's, it's a big, big, big task, isn't it? Um, in terms of getting ready for a wedding. Um, it must be daunting for somebody who's who's never been through it. Tara Byrne is, is producing the show. I'm going to ask Tara in a couple of moments. You know, she's not married, she's not engaged, but I can only imagine what it would be like. But it is like one of those key milestones in our life, Carmel, that, you know, we're going to Debs. But generally when you're going on a Debs, Mammy does all the organising, doesn't she? Mammy says, we'll come on, we'll go for a dress fit in here, we'll do this, we'll do that, we'll do the other. It's it's a bit of a stepping out moment for men and obviously women as well. And, you know, that point of view where they're kicking it off and they've got no advice, no information to start from. That's what these wedding fairs are all about. Give us an idea of the type of industries that we're going to have there. Yeah, so we'll have hotels, venues, boats because I think since COVID a lot of people are looking at alternative but a lot of people still going with the hotel venues photographers, videographers your cakes, your suits your dresses and then all the little bits in between there's some fantastic we have dance floors I think Brian might be there on the <laughs> night so well, you never know yeah, your first dance might be um, get a few tips on the night Brian yeah well they've been twisting my arm to go along and uh, they've, they've said apparently myself and, and maybe one of the other members of the KCLR team possibly uh, Natalie Lennon or maybe one of the others might be there presenting stuff on the evening now me being a big thick like I normally am sort of but yeah no bother just let me know what's needed but Carmel hasn't yet told me what's needed but you've got venues you've got dance floors you've got potentially people talking about dance lessons let's go through that checklist of, of somebody who may be we're going to panic somebody now that's what's going to happen Carmel you Absolutely. know Tara Byrne is sitting here Tara Byrne is not engaged right she's, she's I don't think she is um, Tara if you were getting ready to get married where would you start? I don't know. That's I, the whole point, you see, Carmel. Don't people don't know. They don't know where I to was start. The maid of honor in my godmother's wedding in June, and it was so exciting, and I loved it so much. But the planning started about two years beforehand, mm. 
See, and being maid of honor is easy because you don't have any of the responsibilities really. I do. Maid of honor has lots of responsibilities <laughs> on the day. I'm joking, yeah. I'm joking, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, Carmel, you've got uh, all those venues. Um, tell yeah. us about the other things that young Tara, who is nowhere near getting married yet. Well, will, maybe Ryan, you don't know. Well, we'll find maybe. out in time. You well, should let us know. One of the big things we're going to have there is actually the credit union. Yeah. Which I suppose is the starting point to know exactly. For many, yeah. How much your wedding is going to cost? What you need? Um, do you need advice? And go from there. Then you have your venues. We'll have music. You know, there's so many elements. And then also make it your own. So chat to the people behind, you know, each industry and see what you can do to make it your own special day. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the mother of the bride is generally a big part of this as well. And um, what about the fellas? So, so, Karen, what do you think about the fellas going along to weddings? Because I, my own experience of was I was almost invisible most of the time, to be quite honest with you. But yet, I would still get... I, I found myself in this tricky situation where um, I, I was invisible in terms of the organisation, but I would still be asked, what do you think? You know, how do fellas deal with going along to, to a show like this? Should they be involved at all? Absolutely. And what I found working in the industry for so long now is the lads know what they want. Mm. They mightn't want all the bits, but <laughs> there's a good few questions which the guys come in with things to do with late license, bars, extensions. Oh, that type of stuff. But lads know, lads are a lot different um, in the last few years and are very um, keen on certain elements and the suits. I haven't seen like 10 years ago, the suits were all the same. Very much the suits are part of the style now. Um, a lot of the grooms are wearing different suits than the groomsmen. Mm. So that's why on the night we're going to have the different options there. You know, meet the men's wear, find out what you want. But no, I think it's changed now, Brian. I don't know how long it's been since you've been married. Don't ask me that question because I'll get it wrong. I'll get it wrong. We won't ask you today. He's, four, he's just gone 14, so um, it's... 15 and a half years. That's how I work it out. I take my oldest child's age and add on 18 months and then I can work out how long I've actually been married for. But fellas very much involved. This is very much about having a bit of fun, coming along, getting all that expert advice. There's going to be 20, 20, yeah. more than 20 exhibitors it's on the night. It's going to be an intimate wedding evening. The The venue itself is beautiful. But just to Talk to us about the venue. The Medieval Mile Museum, just mm. behind the Town Hall in Kilkenny. Um, a stunning venue. But um, having all your hotels, your industries, your different types of venues all under one roof. And a lot of couples mightn't even be engaged yet and just thinking about oh, Christmas isn't too far away. We know there'll be a lot of proposals at Christmas. And some people like it's I think the everything's changing. A lot of people will discuss engagements before they happen. Do they? Yeah, I, I yeah. thought the only person you needed to discuss it was that the the groom had to go and have a chat with uh, somebody's father, and then it was all a big surprise when fifteen years ago, maybe <laughs> Brian, fifteen years ago, things Tara, have changed. Sorry, you're not engaged to be said yet. But does this no. sound like something that maybe if there was a friend of yours who was engaged or was you know getting butterflies about the fact that maybe she might be getting engaged, mm-hmm. would you enjoy it if a friend of yours said, "Listen, Tara, I, th- I think I, th- I've, I think at Christmas you could get down and ask mm-hmm. me." Does this wedding fair on? I'm not going to tell him that we're going to the wedding fair, but we'll be going a little girly, girly evening out and, and enjoy it. Would that be something you'd enjoy going along to? 100%. I think they're great. I think stuff like that are great, especially if you have, if you're already engaged, let's just say, and you have your bridal party, like you have two or three um, 
bridesmaids that's what i that's what we did we, we went up to dublin we went bridesmaids shopping together we did loads of things together as a little group yeah and then you can do that with your fiance either she and says as she rolls her eyes as if the fiance <laughs> you did so you rolled your eyes as if the fiance is only another one of those accessories no i think it's important to bond over them sort of things <sighs> and go Argue. and talk to people who know what they're doing if you're going to someone and you go to the wedding um, and, and it's now t- it's happening right here in the middle of Kilkenny you don't even need to exactly. go up to Dublin all those suppliers are going to be there exactly. as well exactly we had to go we went to Dublin now for a good few things and especially if it's in Kilkenny and there's going to be so many people there yeah. doing different things if everything is there in the one place so why not go Carmel's done all the hard work she has it all organised there's all the exhibitors going fabulous venue um, you've got me and a few other people trying to keep everything ticking along and moving along throughout the evening um, all we need now is people to pull along you know it, it's there how do people get the details how do they actually do they need to register in order to go along and, and, and see everything that's going on yeah if you pop onto the Casey Lower um, website or the app go through the socials and you'll find the registration uh, page there you can pop along on the night but if you do pre-register you'll be up for winning a thousand euro holiday voucher on the night as well I nearly get engaged just to go and win that (laughs) you don't have to be engaged I do oh do I not yeah but you can't do it Despite the fact you're not engaged, you're a KCLR staff member. It's only the people that aren't half members that will be allowed Fine, to take part. Whatever. So you have a thousand euro voucher for... Yeah, holiday. So a honeymoon, uh, maybe pre the wedding, um, but to give away on the night. So it's um, everything will be planned under one roof, hopefully, including yeah. your honeymoon. Yeah, so you've got all those options there. You've got a th- chance to win that one thousand euro holiday voucher. And let's face it, I mean, even if it's the mother of the bride that did the registration and she won the voucher, <laughs> she, <laughs> she doesn't have to get remarried. Maybe they could get renewed her house. Absolutely, do you know every year there's so big? I, I saw Nikki Byrne and Georgina Byrne, twenty years married. They renewed their vows there during the week as well. Maybe it'd be something that you know. Maybe fellas out there have gotten a little bit soppy as, you know, they've been married for 20 years and they're, you know, thinking about, ah, sure, she'd love it if I asked her to marry me again. Nothing to stop somebody going along who might be thinking about getting married for a second son. Brian, you have a sparkle in your eye there, so um, <laughs> we have jewellers on tonight and we can get you organised. <laughs> yeah, I think I think my own wife is on a Zoom call at the moment, yeah. thankfully, so she won't have picked up on that little bit of information. But give us the details again, time, dates, locations, and if people want to register. Absolutely. It's Thursday the 28th of September, the Medieval Mile Museum. And pop on to any of the KCLR platform, platforms and um, you'll find the registration play, pages there. This, I mean, Medieval Mile, fabulous, fabulous location, yeah. but I mean, you're not going to get 3,000 people into it. So it's, as you said, it's going to be intimate, yeah. it's going to be relaxed. Uh, oh, just reminded me. You just reminded me of one of those wedding fairs that went up in, up in Dublin, as Tara was saying. It was pandemonium. It was jammers. It was just jammers. But I mean, Medieval Mile is going to be a different sort of experience altogether, isn't it? Yeah, no, the ones, and they are jammers, but they are fantastic as well. The ones, this one we're running, it's um, very much Kilkenny, Carlo, and a few of the surrounding um, properties will be at it as well. But it's nice because you know yourself where you're going to, you have an idea of where you're going to get married, and you might just want to meet everyone under one roof. So we're kind of bringing all our locals together. And Tara, are you going to go? I really want to now. Well, you can. I'd love to go and actually see. I know I'm young and I know I'm not going to get engaged anytime soon. Probably not. But I'd love to go and just look 
Well, there'll be lots of things to look at that wedding fair taking place, and as Carmen was telling us, you can go and register um, to come along. Um, on all the KCLR platforms, we'll be talking about it, I'm sure, as we get a little bit nearer to the time. Carmel, congratulations, well done. It sounds like a fantastic event. And would you do me a favour, at some point between now and then, will you let me know what you need me to do on the evening? Um, I, I, maybe, maybe I could teach you to dance. Yeah, look, Brian, we'll see you on the night and we might all have our judge cards on the night. Oh, thank you very much, yeah. <laughs> Carmel Allen from KCLR's team here, organising that wedding fair and turning September into wedding month on KCLR. Sounds like it's going to be plenty of fun. KCLR Live, with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo, helping you step out of the sweatpants and into style. See fairgreen.ie. Carlo, Kilkenny, KCLR. Yes, you're very welcome back to KCLR Live. A lot of people already texting on WhatsApp and sounds like it says it's saying it sounds like a fantastic evening. Yes, it will be a fantastic evening. Just to give you those dates again, happening on Thursday, the 28th of September, between five and nine in the evening. So it's it's sort of after work type night. Be a good night out. I mean, even even if you're uh, you know maybe hoping, considering getting engaged, not there yet. It'd be a good fun night to go with the boys or the girls, and you can get in contact with us here at KCLR. Uh, through the website, through the social media platforms and pages to find out how you can register. Coming up a little bit later on the show, we'll continue the conversation around the redrawing of the constituency boundaries. Councillor Pat Fitzpatrick, he's joining us just after 11 o'clock um, because as not just a councillor but also the president of the Irish Association of Local Government, it'll be interesting to get his take on how those changes are going to affect local government. Also, we continue our Hours to Protect series at 11.20 when we hear from our very own Ethnic Quirk, who spoke recently to Warren Feeden. Warren's the manager of the Circular Economy Programme with the EPA, Hours to Protect continuing this morning. And of course, Anne Neary from Ryland House Cookery joining us a little bit later on. But just about enough time for some music, bringing us a little bit closer to the news at 11 o'clock. This is Picture This with Take My Hands. We can go walking And we can talk about whatever is on your mind Be my friend But secretly like me I wanna catch you staring and make you go alright I love the way your hair falls in the summer I'll treat you like your father treats your mother And I'm kinda scared of your older brother Oh yeah You're all that I'm needing You're all that I'm feeling And I'll be the one that's kicking and screaming that is Picture This with Fairground at 7 minutes to 11 o'clock. It's Brian Redmond with you on KCLR Live. A mucky morning out there so far. Um, weather forecast is looking pretty good for the weekend. But I just wanted to remind parents, I did touch on it slightly towards the start of the show, um, but to do it a bit more seriously, this morning was the first morning that I had to drop my own children to school in the rain for this school year and I just found myself you know the usual pressures of getting into work stress of getting the kids out of the house in the morning getting out of the car hoods up heads down and trying to you know run probably you know to get the kids into school it's just so important because yet again tragedy striking the roads of Ireland yesterday and casual during the week and you know all sorts of stuff going on, but a young lad at three years of age, um, Cashel and Port Leash, have been left in shock as two children lost their lives in the 
in dark week for deaths on Irish roads. Tom O'Reilly, three, um, died in a crash with his grandparents in Cashel, while Rosalind McDonough, also three years of age, died after being struck by a car in a housing estate in Leash um, just yesterday afternoon. Those darker nights are coming in. Um, the kids will still have that summer vibe on them. There's this, the excitement of going back to work. And although... I'm not a big fan of, um, you know, bringing anybody bad news or, or changing the tone and, you know, talking about these tragic, tragic circumstances. I think given the fact that there's so many parents and grandparents listening, if you are heading out to collect the children a little bit later on in the school, um, just be mindful of the fact that uh, the roads are a dangerous place to be. Do take care of yourselves when you're going and coming from schools. We had John Walsh talking this morning about how, you know, spring, winter and autumn in particular were his least favourite times of the year because of those frosty roads. Well, even at this time of year when the roads aren't necessarily frosty, that rain uh, could just distract people a little bit. Do be careful if you're heading out and about on those roads to collect those kids. Um, Look after yourselves out there. Uh, People losing people all over the country and we don't want to hear of any more tragedies. Um, There you go. Five minutes to 11 o'clock. We've got the news at 11 on the way and we've got lots more to come after that uh, so do stay with us right here on KCLR Live KCLR Live with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo with a fantastic range of shops food outlets and a state of the art IMC cinema see fairgreen.ie Thanks Ashton we've got Anne Neary coming in to join us um, talking school lunchboxes she'll be here just after half past 11 I have this thing in our house we call it boomerang fruit you know what boomerang fruit is? Never heard of it. Yeah, it's not something that you actually eat. In fact, that's what makes it boomerang fruit because it's the fruit we put into the kids' lunchboxes that goes to school with oh. them in the morning and then comes back <laughs> in the afternoon. Yes, I know what you mean now, yes. Yeah, yeah. You, you can get five days out of a banana yeah. in our house quite oh, yeah, easily. Good. And the oranges as well. They can go back. <laughs> what was your favourite lunch? Um, in school? I don't know. I wasn't fussy, really, to well, be you honest. Know, I'm I not kinda, fussy. Whatever I'm. was put in front of me, I ate, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I remember the days when... I, I hate when I do this, because I make myself sound <laughs> yeah, old. Yeah, you're making yourself sound ancient now. When I went to school, it was normally <laughs> a, a plastic ham sandwich. You know that, that ham that's... Oh, yeah. Of, yeah, a plastic ham sandwich. With the plastic cheese. Yeah, it was either or. My mum my mom still has plastic cheese in her house. It's like, oh, yeah. Kids love it. I'm not yeah. mad about it. Uh, into a little bit of tinfoil, mushed up in the bottom of the bag, and if it, if you could actually separate the two sandwiches into two independent sandwiches by lunchtime, you were doing well, because they were normally that wedged together. It's like somebody had welded them. But we've changed now. Yeah. We've got all these bento boxes and stuff like that in our <laughs> house. The washing up when the kids come back from school is phenomenal. They all have the fancy lunches now. Yeah, yeah, grapes. Shows up your ham sandwich and your plastic and cheese. Yeah, absolutely it? does. Mm. Doesn't seem to have done me any harm, but no. um, <laughs> you weren't particularly fussy then. No, I mean, on we were kind of, we always tried to be healthy and we got one treat on a Friday and that was a bag of crisps in the lunchbox. A bag of crisps. Yeah, yeah that was our treat. But like Monday to Thursday then it was a sandwich, fruit and a cereal like, bar. That's changed so much. I mean, my daughter, do you know what she said last week on Thursday? On Thursday, right? <laughs> she said, I've finished my dinner now. I think I'll wait a little bit before having my dessert. Oh. I looked across, but I was like, we barely got dessert once a week in yeah. our house, let alone on a random Thursday evening. Yeah, nothing Did- to celebrate, you just wanted dessert. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Well, <laughs> Anne Neary will be joining us after um, about half past 11 this morning to give us some insight. So, Ashling, although you're not in school anymore, stay tuned because Anne is so good. She might even inspire your lunchbox tomorrow morning. <laughs> it shall be interesting, that is for sure. If you've got any thoughts on school lunches, let us know. 083-306-9696. Are they too much hassle? Should we go back to the days of plastic cheese and tinfoil? 
KCL or live. With thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo, with a fantastic range of shops, food outlets, and a state of the art IMC cinema. See fairgreen.ie. Now, with 13 electoral divisions from the western part of Kilkenny moving into North Tipperary, our local councillors and constituents may have questions about this move and the chaos that it could cause. Well, somebody who should have a great bit of insight for us, Councillor Pat Fitzpatrick, you're very welcome along to KCLR Live this morning. Uh, good morning, Brian, and this murky morning. Good morning to you and good morning to your listeners. Well, listen, thanks uh, for joining firstly, us. Firstly, Brian, bef- yeah, go ahead. Firstly, can I just uh, just extend my sympathies uh, to everyone that has been involved in the recent accidents and tragedies that have happened in both in Tipperary and indeed in our own county over the last uh, uh, couple of, uh, maybe in the last week. So just um, my prayers and thoughts are with everyone that has been involved in tragedy. Yeah, absolutely. And we've been reminding people as much as possible without um, going on about it too much to just, just take that little bit of care on the roads and you know getting in and out of cars and the like this morning. But um, bring us back to... Uh, your own role, not just a local council, of course, but also the president of the Irish Association of Local Government. Within the members of that organisation, how have some of those boundary redraws right across the country been received? Uh, in some of the areas they're disappointed in other areas they're they're happy but I suppose the one that's really caught my attention is my own area uh, in uh, County Kilkenny uh, which uh, again as uh, my colleague yesterday, Councillor Mary Hilda Kavna uh, uh, who represents our area as well with together with myself and the other members of the Municipal District to lose uh, a section uh, we didn't see this coming, we didn't see the altering of Carlo Kilkenny coming in this way. Yes there was talk about three seizures, there was talk about other areas and that, but we never saw this piece of it coming and really, I, I, I personally don't see the logic of it. Uh, I know even in the submission that we done as an organisation, we wanted to retain all the, the county boundaries as much as possible and in a lot of cases they have done that, but look at, we've now changed to, you know, from uh, tor- uh, three, uh, three seizures, we used to have uh, 13, uh, now we're going to have nine, uh, four seizures, there were 15, now we're going to have 17 and 5 seizures, 15 we used to have, we're now going to have 13 and 7 are unchanged but the most important thing and I really want to reiterate the message that uh, for us in Kilkenny uh, it won't make any difference to the local authority, uh, everything the administration of County Kilkenny will be done by Kilkenny County Council, Uh, it is merely for uh, the general election uh, and we don't have a date for that uh, which will come either maybe sometime in 2024 or 2025. But again, you look at it, it's again, it's there's no connectivity between uh, that part of Kilkenny and um, Tipperary. And it's just uh, the whole thing has upset a lot, a lot of people. But, uh, you know, again, I know all of us in, involved in politics will continue to work and to serve every part of that area uh, uh, again as Kilkenny people. And, you know, I, I've heard uh, Deputy McGuinness speaking and yes, uh, I know John because he is a national politician and he will work for people. In fact, he works for people everywhere, uh, Carlo, Kilkenny and the wider area. But again, uh, he will certainly continue and I as part of his team will continue to work that area as well. Well, we heard yesterday um, of the surprise when we spoke to many of our local politicians on air. The, certainly, in fairness to the Commission, they did a good job of keeping everything under wraps because there was certainly no leaks. But one of the things that the Commission did say, I heard it spoken about yesterday, was that the consideration around, around North West Kilkenny was one they agonised over quite a lot, 
but it had to be done in order to sort of protect the overall balance of, uh, of representation right across the country. Some people in Clare also are not happy and some talk yesterday that they may even consider um, challenging these recommendations in the High Court because Malcolm Newland told us although the recommendations, they will be implemented. Could you see a similar sort of um, uh, resistance to those changes in North West Kilkenny as well or is it well, a done job? Look at you. You have to be very careful because this is an independent commission. Uh, and and look at uh, we know years ago or what uh, about what, how politicians interfered and uh, all that. So look at I, I genuinely think that the the, the the I suppose the the terms of reference that's where it was missed. Mm. We should have in the terms of reference allowed for six seizures. And all of us, uh, you know, uh, that would have made a huge difference. And it would have meant the whole of Kilkenny being back uh, in and Carlo being back in a six seizure as well but uh, that's the area uh, uh, focusing around the terms of reference for us as an organisation that's the one area we probably would have seen and we would have highlighted but in our submission we certainly highlighted to protect county boundaries uh, and that and that's uh, you know it's disappointing for me I know a lot of them have been protected but it's disappointing for me to see a piece of Kilkenny lost but again you know the important thing is that no, uh, this will not affect the services this will not affect uh, um, you know the administration of County Kilkenny and that's very very important but it also creates another uh, maybe an opportunity that the review of local government uh, and the powers of local government uh, should certainly be uh, uh, the, fu- the future of local government in, I- in Ireland really needs to be considered and I think it's time for an honest conversation on that and that's one of the themes that I'll be bringing forward uh, to our, our uh, uh, national conference uh, coming up in the, in the next coming weeks uh, is that it is time for a, an honest conversation on the future and the role of local government because you know we need to the role of local government has been taken away from the local authority members you know we no longer discuss health issues there's so many different things you know Irish water uh, uh, and now we don't have uh, control of our anything you know there's so many things that has been taken away from the local authority that the local authority members do need to, to have their power strengthened so they can represent each and every one of their constituencies in the issues that they have. I mean, a lot of people talking about the fact that uh, a number of years back Phil Hogan was very involved in uh, the reduction of those powers. Are you suggesting that, that at that time Phil maybe made the wrong choice? Uh, some some of them did actually take away powers, you know. And again, you know, the borough council, which was traditionally in Kilkenny City, in fairness, you know, that was taken away. And you know, uh, I I believe some of them were really really bad bad decisions. Uh, but uh, but you know, uh, look at we have to look at what we have and we have to deal with what we have. And and really, it's time you know for that uh, co- conversation on uh, local government and the powers of local government. And you know, uh, even the the very simple things there's now a proposal to take away the chairs of the JPCs which is the joint policing that a councillor will not chair the joint policing and so again even setting the agendas of joint policing meetings which would normally be done between the council on Garda Síochána and the chair of the day which I was uh, uh, where we set the agendas now it will be an independent chair that's what they are bringing that's again taking away powers from local authority members and that's not not uh, you know good 
good for democracy and it's not good for the power of local government. I think too much power is divested in uh, central government. We need more powers in local uh, government uh, so that we can take uh, some of the decisions that need to be taken because we as local uh, representatives are on the ground uh, every day, you know, dealing with some of these issues and uh, I, I think that's uh, where we, we've got to get back to um, and central government has got to devolve more powers to the local authority members. Councillor Fitzpatrick, just to go back to the point you made about the six-seater constituencies, you referenced the fact that the Commission um, couldn't consider six-seater constituencies because they weren't in their terms of reference. Those terms of reference were obviously drawn up in advance of the Commission beginning its review. Do you think somebody dropped the ball in terms of writing those terms of reference? Absolutely, yes. Uh, I, I think the terms are somebody somewhere along the line did, uh, you know, didn't, uh, you know, consider uh, what. Uh, and I don't think, you know, they were. Ta- they may come back and tell us um, that uh, they'd have had to have a referendum. So be it. But I believe that they should have been able to uh, legislate for in in Dalairdon for uh, the provision and to allow uh, the provision of six seizures to be considered. Well, moving on, despite the fact that this obviously hasn't been, shall we say, warmly received, particularly in northwest Kilkenny, um, it's important now that, considering it looks like it will be a fait complete, despite the fact they're still only labelled as recommendations, I think that's a strange thing to do, to be quite honest with you, but there you go. Um, Malcolm Noonan even told us first thing yesterday morning that although there are only recommendations, they are always accepted by the doll, so it doesn't look like it's going to change. But most importantly, people listening to us this morning, uh, there'll still be a lot of confusion around, well, if I've got a problem with bin collections or roads or local parks, do I now have to ring Tipperary North or somebody in the council no. there? We need to get that message no, across. No, it's a... Like- no, Kilkenny County Council will continue. This is only for the national election, which is the general election, electing people to Dalairn, electing people to the local authority, to your local council, to county council. Uh, the existing councillors that are there will continue to work uh, in, in that area uh, and report to Kilkenny County Council. And that is, uh, there is no change for anyone in, in the local authority area. And uh, indeed, as was already, st- as I stated, we certainly that work with uh, Deputy McGuinness and Deputy McGuinness will certainly be working uh, all of County Kilkenny and indeed Carlo as he's always done since he was elected in 1997. Yeah, absolutely and I'm sure he'll continue to have a huge amount of, sp- of support locally um, yeah. but we spoke to Councillor Hilda, uh, Mary Hilda Kavanagh yesterday and yourself today. Yeah. It's obvious that your work as councillors will continue unchanged but what I'm quite interested in when those elections come around where will you be beating the street, Pat? Because there's no point in beating the street up around North West Kilkenny because you haven't got anybody that you support up there. I, 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 absolutely, I, no. We will be beating the streets. Uh, my my area, uh, our area in Kilkenny, starts at the bottom of Gore's Bridge and right up to Orlingford and back across to Kilmana. Uh, that includes uh, Tullerone and that includes Freshford. And them are the streets that us as county councillors will will uh, continue uh, our role to serve the people in the in them areas. And we make no. Um, that's that's exactly. And again, uh, both uh, Deputy McGuinness and all the other deputies will I'm sure serve them areas as will the new deputies whenever they're elected but we won't have new deputies until after the next general election anyway. Oh, I've no doubt you'll continue along with all the other councillors in that area to do the work that you do on a day-to-day week-to-week basis but when it comes to election cycle campaigns you spending time supporting any Kilkenny based uh, potential TD 
up around North. That, that's going to be a waste of time, Pat. Well, I put Kilkenny base, or uh, what do you call it? And, uh, no, it won't be a waste of time because all the them issues can, will be dealt with but by Kilkenny County Council. And as already stated, any of the issues that are dealt on a national level, again, Kilkenny TDs will represent Kilkenny. Don't under, in actual fact, it might increase uh, the representation because they'll have the choice of going to Kilkenny TDs or to the Tipperary TDs. But again, we just don't have the, the connectivity with Tipperary that uh, the people of the border there uh, between Kilkenny and there was always the healthy rivalry but Kilkenny people are Kilkenny people and they want to support Kilkenny they will continue to go to the TD that gives them the best uh, service uh, in in their county even though that they may have uh, voted in another constituency but they will still support and uh, bring their issues to the Kilkenny TD and certainly we will point them in the direction of uh, you know if we get, if we need extra help from uh, other other areas, but just 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 to think this through for one second, think of people in Tullerone voting for somebody, uh, and and Freshford and Arlingford and Johnstown and all that here voting for somebody that may be up on the very border of Galway. That's what you're looking at, Portumna area, just at the edge of Portumna. That's how far Tipperary North goes up. So that, that's where we're saying that it just it just doesn't comfortably. But the commission has decided, and I'm sure Dal Airden will pass it, and we will have to work with it. But again, uh, on the ground, as county councillors on the ground, we will we will serve the whole area of North Kilkenny. Yeah, and Pat, just to finalise it, is Kilkenny in danger of becoming one of the most fractured political? counties in the country when you consider that we now have officially uh, from an electrical constituency perspective lost this area of northwest Kilkenny and you've got already so many people in the south of the county in and around Ferrybank um, feeling quite disenfranchised as people in Waterford look across the border uh, for potential land grabs into the future. Well, that's why we're saying that a really a good, honest conversation regarding, regarding local government and the future of local government and how it's to be administrated uh, into the future uh, after the next general election and all that, that all that needs to come into play and, and look at. But it's certainly our loyalties have always been to Kilkenny and will continue to be Kilkenny. And uh, We're still uh, the black and amber and uh, that's, where, that's where we are. You haven't bought a blue and yellow jersey yet then, Pat, now. Uh, certainly, certainly not. No, no, no. Councillor no, no, Pat Fitzpatrick, no. thank you very much for your time this morning here on KCLR Live, and I'm sure conversations will continue. Tune in for our Friday panel tomorrow when we might get some more considered um, thought on this, considering it's such detail in this report released yesterday. Um, everybody's still considering, but Councillor Pat Fitzpatrick giving us his view this morning. 20 past 11. Stay with us because after this, we've got our special Arab Protect series continuing. KCL or live with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo with a fantastic range of shops, food outlets and a state-of-the-art IMC cinema. See fairgreen.ie. KCLR. You're very welcome back to KCLR Live. Text and WhatsApp line is sponsored by Dinners Ready. It's 083 306 9696. And people get in contact with lots of different topics. We'll be speaking to Anne Neary, as I said, a little bit later on this morning, looking at school lunches. Uh, but Jill Cavan has been on to say, she said, uh, speaking about school lunches, she remembers going to primary school and getting bread and jam and tea in a plastic cup. 
Jersey Jill, thank you very much for your text this morning. The good old days, she says. And going back to a topic we, we talked about earlier on the week, uh, the school buses or lack thereof yet again this year. Julie's been on to say, um, she knows we touched on the school buses earlier on in the week, but her three kids are gutted not to be getting the bus at the moment with friends. Never mind the fact those parents are all up in the air in the mornings to sort out lifts, etc. We both work, so the bus was a huge help. We received the email on Tuesday night before the kids returned at 8 o'clock, and that was it. I should point out that the lovely bus driver was taken from the bus randomly a few weeks back with no explanation and moved to a different one. Um, so not a lot had we lost, not alone had we lost our driver, we then lost our bus. She said, gutted is an understatement. We all know issues arise with businesses, um, but the communication was shocking. She tried ringing um, the helpline and she said, it just hangs up, complete joke regards Julie Julie, um, it's a topic we will continue to keep our eyes on we'll be touching base with it again um, during our Friday panel this morning so um, we'll we'll keep doing our best I mean you know it's difficult because obviously you're at the the sort of mercy of the powers that be when it comes to that type of thing Um, but uh, listen I'm sorry to hear the lads are good not to be able to get the bus at the moment and and hopefully hopefully things will get sorted out soon but do keep us in contact Julie and let us know how things progress um, for you now moving on to our Hours to Protect series this week Hours to Protect show producer Etna Quirk spoke to Warren Phelan now Warren is the manager of the Circular Economy Programme with the Environmental Protection Agency and they were talking about the agency's latest recycling figures which show that Ireland generated a whopping 1.2 million tonnes of packaging waste alone in 2021 with plastics presenting a serious challenge. Here is this week's Hours to Protect. Hours to Protect, brought to you by KCLOR, the IBI and funded by Commission Amman with a television licence fee. Check out hourstoprotect.ie for more information. This week on Ours to Protect, I'm joined by Warren Phelan, Manager with the Circular Economy Programme with the EPA. Warren, you're welcome to the programme. Thank you. Can you tell us a little bit about the programme? Yes, well, the programme is works on um, trying to change the behaviours and change the transition that's on in Ireland from a linear economy to a circular economy. So we do everything from monitoring data and reporting on waste data streams and circular economy indicators We have partnerships with organisations to try and improve their circular economy activities and support those. We have uh, funding available to businesses who are looking to develop new circular economy enterprises. We work in the area of green public procurement. We've developed technical guidance to support uh, specific sectors on the transition to a circular economy and how to try and reduce their waste. We also have, with a competent authority for regulatory measures like byproducts and end of waste, which is all really about you know, declassifying waste and and supporting um, resource use and better resource use in the Irish economy. Okay, and the reason that we're speaking to you, Warren, is that the EPA have recently published their latest figures on packaging waste in Ireland. How are we doing? Yeah, the figures show that there's a continuing and concerning high growth of our packaging waste. So in 2021, which is the year we're reporting for, we generated over 1.2 million tonnes of packaging waste. So this is the fifth year in a row that um, the total packaging waste generation has exceeded a million. And, you know, it's a continuing trend and it shows, you know, high growth and high consumption rates in the economy. And this continued trend is actually starting to undermine our recycling. So what we see over the last number of years is, you know, continuing efforts and really good efforts to continue our recycling rates. 
but that's beginning to now be undermined by the high rates of generation. So simply the, the growth rate of packaging waste in total is exceeding our, our growth in recycling. And as a result, our recycling rates are actually starting to decline uh, for our overall packaging. So for some of our packaging streams, we're still performing well, like our paper, our cardboard, glass and our metals. For other packaging fractions like plastics, we're well um, well off target and are certainly at risk of meeting our targets in 2025. And as a result, our overall packaging target is now starting to decline. So, so that's a concern and something that we really want to focus on that generation and trying to tackle generation to really, um, you know, support our transition to a circular economy and support us in trying to achieve and meet our targets. Is there any indication, Warren, as to what is driving that growth? Well, when we look at this, I think the first thing we always look at is the economy and how is the economy performing. So waste and the economy are very much linked together. And what we see is that when we kind of map our packaging waste growth for the last five or six years against economic indicators, we see a very strong linkage together. So as the economy has been performing well since you know 2016 and um, right up to present day, we see that uh, packaging waste and other waste streams have grown um, you know, in parallel with that. So that is one of our, our key drivers. We, are, we know from um, European kind of reports and indicators that we are a high consumer economy um, you know, and that's coming through in, in our waste data. And, you know, the, the picture is for the last five years of, of kind of continuous and sustained high growth. And, you know, an 11 percent growth in 2021 compared to 2020 is is very significant. As a result, then we're, we're starting to see that impact on, you know, our recycling rates for this particular waste stream. So clearly 2021, you know, we were in COVID times as well. That obviously had an impact there. Oh, did have an impact but I, I think what we see is that when we look at, at the packaging waste stream if we broke it into kind of household versus non-household the business industry sectors we may have seen this drop off from packaging waste from the business industry areas but we actually saw the converse then happen on the household side where household packaging would have would have increased so overall you know it kind of balanced itself out really we more of us were at home obviously doing more online purchasing and shoppers shopping and you know generating more packaging as a result of that and what we've seen now with other waste streams is as we've moved out of covid that i suppose the high growth and high high rates of consumption are returning um and and you know that's the challenge that we're facing now and we need to really kind of focus our efforts on looking at generation to try and move the dial on this uh, on a system basis so that we can put in measures in place that will have impact and start to you know change the direction of, of growth. Yeah, because we've probably never been in a period of time before where we've had such a focus on climate action and, and getting that message out that we need to be reducing, reusing, recycling and taking, I suppose, personal accountability for our waste. Is the message getting lost? Well, there's lots of messages out there and the listeners and the consumers are, are being you know, there's messages coming from them at, at, at all different types of direction. I suppose it's important to try and keep our messages simple here. And what we want people to continue to do is we want them to continue to recycle. So anything that they are generating in waste, we want them to separate those materials, we want them to put them into the right bin and ensure that, you know, good quality material are not ending up in the general bin and as a result impacting on our recycling rate and those materials that could be recycled not being recycled. But I suppose the greater challenge is the first two items that you mentioned in that catchphrase, to reduce and to reuse. Reduce and to reuse are, are certainly more challenging. 
And what we would like to see is, you know, more reusable packaging coming into the Irish market for consumers to have those options. So things like having reusable and refill stations in shops. We see it in some shops now, like um, cosmetic stores, some food items are now being available in some shops. But we'd really like to see this being mainstream because... With the presence of this, it it means that the whole supply chain then begins to shift and we're providing different types of packaging containers to provide these products and foodstuffs to people. And it needs to be straightforward for, for people. They need to be able to pick up reusable containers, fill these up, take them home, be able to bring them back. We need to normalize it so that it's not a challenge or a chore. If it's a challenge or a chore, it's going to be very difficult for us to have that kind of impact. And I suppose we're calling on our our industry, our manufacturing producers. We're calling on those big organizations that sit at the top of uh, supply chains, like our big retail outlets, who who handle and purchase an awful lot of packaging products to make that shift and, and to support consumers in that shift away from continuous packaged materials. And what we've seen in other member states is these kind of reusable and refill stations. I think we've all encountered them in other other countries or other jurisdictions, so it can be done. And we would like to see it become more prevalent and more mainstream than all of our shops here in Ireland. And that, that would be a shift in the supply chain and it would certainly have that kind of impact. We'd also encourage our producers and manufacturers to be looking at the packaging products that they put out currently and to be looking at lightweighting those designs. So reducing the amount of materials actually in the packaging product in the first instance and then of those of the materials that they're actually using, that these are, you know, as much as possible if not entirely fully recyclable, so that we're avoiding those single-use plastics that we're going to find difficult or almost impossible to recycle. A huge body of work. Warren, if people want to find out more information about the EPA or about the work that you do there on the Circular Economy Programme, where can they find more information? Yeah, there's lots of information on on our website and epa.ie and on our social media channels, we're regularly putting out outputs from the work what we're doing, whether that's in behavioural change items, whether that's new data or, or new studies that we've done. Yeah, we would encourage as many of your listeners to, to follow us on our, on our social media channels to pick up on, on all the latest uh, information we're putting out there. Ours to Protect is funded by Commission Oman with a television licence fee and is a partnership between KCLR and the Independent Broadcasters of Ireland. Check out ourstoprotect.ie for more information. And don't forget, you can listen back, of course, on our website. You'll find all the entire series on that Hours to Protect special on the Hours to Protect website, www.hourstoprotect.ie. You'll also find our weekly tip sheets up there for all the information that you need on our various weekly topics, climate action initiatives, and uh, all the other information that you need. If you're considering making those little changes in your life, that will make that little bit of a difference that we've all got to try to make to the environment. Uh, Somebody suggesting in the text line, could all those departments in the EPA not just be one department? Yeah, maybe a good consideration, get some joined up thinking going along on the topic. But you can check out all the information and they've got that very interesting carbon footprint calculator on hours to protect.ie. 25 minutes to 12 o'clock and Neary will be joining us in studio. We'll be talking school lunch boxes. Is she a fan of all these fancy bento boxes and the boomerang bits of fruit that go off to school and come back? Maybe Anne can inspire your child's lunch boxes this week. So do stay with us. KCL or live with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo, helping you step out of the sweatpants and into style. See fairgreen.ie. 
KCLR. You're very welcome back to KCLR Live. It's 22 minutes to 12 o'clock. Myself and Anne Neary having a good old laugh. Anne is brilliant because when Anne comes in, she arrives in this. We get to sit and have a chat during the Anne break. Anne, good weekend last weekend. We yes. were at Iverk on yeah, Thursday we and you had, went back out on Saturday. Yeah, we had a good week uh, end in Iverk. It was absolutely fantastic there on Saturday. Well, it was fantastic over there on Thursday, but Saturday was buzzing. The day. Really, it was just great. And the amount of cars, we, I was there for quarter past nine mm. and or maybe half past nine the place was buzzing at that yeah. stage you see you have a certain amount of people will come out early then you have the farming community when they have the milk and done and things that they it's come out about 11 yeah. o'clock and then maybe you'll have families that are a bit older and are playing sport in the morning and they'll go mm. in the afternoon so it's a kind of a three a three section thing and then the people that are into the ponies and things like that you're there from early morning quite a few ponies and quite a few boxes were actually in front of us but yeah, I just love it. it's it's uh, I, I suppose it it's uh what would I say it's something that we've always gone to from the time we were very young and yeah. it looks, uh, what was it 1866 I think is when it was founded yeah that's right I mean we were asking the question I'm, I'm going to get this wrong now because yeah. it's a week ago and I can barely remember what happened in the last hour of the show <laughs> sometimes um but we were asking the question to give away those tickets to the Iverk show I think it was in it's 186 yeah. year it's amazing yeah. really to think yeah. of the length of time that's it's been around I'm sure somebody will correct us now going, yeah. oh no you both yeah. got 60, 60 and 60 must be in its 163rd year then That's it was 1866 yeah, oh 1966 time. oh 20 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's a long time it's a long one time one way ago. or the other yeah. and it's we, a nice way to sort of I, I know that we're trying to all hang on and good weather forecast for this weekend so we're looking forward to, to hanging on to uh, the summer as we can it, yeah. but of course the children are back at school I know. Yeah. but did you ever see anything like it I'm from the coast, as I've probably told you that a long time ago. And anyway, our small school was in a little village called Ballyhack. And anybody that's ever come across from the car ferry from Passage East to Ballyhack, the school faced them. Our playground... I know it well. I've been on that ferry so many times. Well, Duncanon, all of that area, well, Passage East, love I, all that I area. I live over that road we'll on the other side, yes. So anyway, uh, but I remember our playground was the all the poles would be up that time because all the uh, nets would be oiled for the winter and put away so they'd be all hang up drying and the dock wall yeah and jumping the boots if it was now we'd be all in jail I'd say or something <laughs> like that but, but anyway and we always went back and I always remember we used to have these big wool jumpers and knitters mm. and there was a kind of a crew neck thing and your shirt and your tie on you and a big serge uniform I can still see the sun beating down on top of us and we're running in there between the net poles yeah. or we jumping the boats or it's good to look back because you know, we talk about you know so much of the, the Elements of society and life that have changed over the totally. years. Many of them for the yeah. better. Yeah. But I think in certain ways, I mean, and I'm 46, right? There's so many people out there listening at 46. They haven't even got time to think about what they were doing when they were kids because they're too busy today dealing with their own kids, trying to hold down two jobs in a household yeah. and all that type of stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of challenges with modern day life, isn't there? There is an awful lot of challenges with modern day life. And, you know, you'd say, oh, they're much more, you know, much better off than when we were at the at that age having said all that like I was the oldest of six children and I went to my grandmother was on the next inlet down from where we were the day I got my holidays I went down there and I came back the night before I went back to school <laughs> and if they came down to visit me I'd nearly ask them where were they oh, going oh you were one of them children where yeah, they were delighted to get rid of you yeah I said they were and my, and my grandmother used to be delighted and every time I'd have to dance a reel and sing a song before yeah, I left yeah, 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 she yeah. was so she probably lovely. did that thing where they sat there and went la 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 yeah, la yeah, la yes, la yes, la yeah we can all remember that it's happened 
every communion and wedding and everything else. You see. But listen, we're so going back go. to school. Anyway, we're trying to keep her. Back to school. Okay. So I'm just going to talk about first of all. Um, and we're on the no rush. You and I could sit here having a chat all day long. I know, sure we could. But anyway, they might be interested in the more or more interested in the porridge made with the milk of wheat mix. So that's what you've got planned for us for breakfast. We're yeah, going to start with first of all. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, you can also use some dried fruit yoghurt is really good as well for all the children uh, children teenagers bran flakes with raisins toast with peanut butter all that type of thing is lovely for, for breakfast for them uh, basically as well scrambled eggs are great our french toast is absolutely lovely and a glass of unsweetened orange juice or apple juice or maybe they're just water I know some of my grandchildren don't take any type of juice they only drink water only they, yeah. never, they don't drink tea coffee or anything now having said that my son who is not 20 anymore <laughs> or 30 anymore or 40 anymore I'll say uh, he never drank tea or coffee in his life until he became I'd say an adult and then he started drinking coffee he has never uh, drinking tea is he a parent himself Yes. But well, there you go. That's what happened. Then he became a parent himself, and he needed something to get himself through the day. <laughs> he went to the he tea needed and a coffee. large, a large coffee. But okay. listen, I mean, when you talk about these things for breakfast, right? They absolutely sound fabulous, and and the likes of the weekend, the French toast, and all that stuff yeah. is brilliant. Some people might go, "Oh, and I don't have the time." But I would argue that, for example, the porridge with all those bits yeah. and pieces, you can have a couple of little tubs that you keep in the press with maybe some dried fruit yeah. or some dried nuts yeah. in it, and yeah. then all you've got to do is maybe make the porridge or stick the porridge in an overnight cooker or whatever yeah. you have there. there. Yeah. Or you can make the porridge just cook up so fast now they're the all quick. Yeah, they're quick oats. They're not the they're not the you know the, not the progress oats, but they are oats and they're much finer and you can make them really fast. And the th- the lovely thing about making a big bowl of porridge for the winter is it's hot. Yeah. It heats them up and they have, you know, lovely heat inside. Give them a bit of fruit, give them a bit of honey or, um, you know, or put a bit of syrup or something like that on it. Yeah. Okay. I was just Make thinking there as well. The other thing as well, I mean, when we're so busy running around, a, a, a bowl of porridge or a pot of porridge on the stove. Yeah. If you're a parent and you don't get a chance in the morning to get your own breakfast before you get the kids out to school, yeah. it'd be a lovely thing to come back to. I you know, know, ten past nine when you've yeah. dropped them off. It's a miserable morning like this morning. You think, oh god, Sit I'm down. starving. Yeah. You know, you can have a cup of coffee and a bowl of porridge. That set, set you up, up for the day. Today. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it does. Believe it or not, and and yogurts as well. There are so many varieties of yogurts that they can sort of use today as well. Again, uh, I always say, you know, blueberries, kiwis, strawberries, and now. I am for using fruit that's in season. I don't want strawberries at Christmas because they came from America. You know, I I want to try and get as much as I can. Sort of, we can't get them all the year round, but at the same time, you know, you have strawberries that came from I don't know where. They're in after so many days shipping. You bring them home, and a week later they're in the fridge. And they never taste the same, do they? No, they're like turnips. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I wouldn't have been as as brutal about them. They are are. turnips. They keep a bit of crunch them. They don't have any flavours in. You know that lovely mix of strawberries that that you have every year. They don't. About April to to August. Anyway, we were talking about the boxes as well, and you were saying they call them the winter boxes. I call them the Tupperware boxes. Do you know the one with all the little sections in them? Yeah, the ones that wreck my head with all the washing up that has to be done after. <laughs> I, I know it's not great for the environment but I, I still would contest that you can't be a sandwich wrapped in tinfoil for two reasons one it's simple and two as a boy who loved a bit of football when I was at school or people yeah. listening to Horland when you finish your sandwiches you can roll the old tinfoil up into a ball and kick it around the yard and have a little crack with it and pick it up and put it in the bin when you that's finish. true that's true there, there you go okay so basically uh, you know the pack lunches you can some people like tin salmon children you can have a pasta some people love pasta you can put the pasta in and I've actually seen my grandchildren and they just want pasta with the minimalistic 
flavouring salt, maybe a bit of pesto or something yeah. like that, that they can sort of, it, it's nearly like a dry pasta. And you see, it's not every school has a fridge that they can put their, their so be mindful of what you're putting in the box. Yeah. Because I remember when mine used to be going to school, they'd be near the heater and they'd say, oh, that cheese was horrible today because it was wet. Do you know what I used to hate? The, uh, get odd occasion that you get it, you get a bit of beetroot in a sandwich. We used to call them blood sandwiches because by the time lunchtime she came, she, the, 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 the vinegars and that out of beetroot had turned the bread red. Of course it had, yeah. And I tell you, uh, eggs as well mashed up are great. And what you can do is boil a few eggs on Monday or Tuesday and they'll do you for the rest of the week. Sort but of they last. Bit. Yeah, they will. Boil them Monday, Tuesday, put them into cold water. Sure, where are they going to go? The boil. Oh, true, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, if they're fresh eggs, like, I mean, they'd last a fortnight if you see the sell-by date on the package. So what's wrong with them? In the and that might be a good thing to do maybe on a Sunday evening because yes. you've got your lunches planned yeah. out for the week. But yeah. there's always going to be one morning yeah. when there's a tantrum somewhere and yeah. all the plans that you have went out the window and all of a sudden I sure open the boiled egg slice it up lash it on the bread and away you go yes there you go and even uh, you know if you want to put a bit of salad with that you, you can sort of do it as well also there's some children like to eat cold pizzas I can't even even think about even cold, cold pizzas but that could be it as well and as well as that you know lovely brown rolls try and get them to eat brown bread as well don't have white bread all the time mm. on an offering and they will actually get and I know a lady was ringing in there uh, 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 saying that she found it hard to get brown bread uh, that's that's really nicely cooked so Tess's bakery in High Street there she does a fabulous brown bread so anybody that's looking for it you'll actually get it in there uh, peanuts are always but you may have to be very careful that they don't share it with somebody else at the house. a lot of schools now won't let people bring peanuts in though yeah yeah Probably yeah. right. I mean, obviously, yeah. we've got yeah. children with protection. Yeah. So just be careful. If you are considering putting peanuts into the lunchbox, yeah. uh, just check with the school, yeah. maybe. Just keep it keep it simple. A bit of fruit, yeah. a, a roll with whatever you're going to sort of put put into it. Uh, that A bit of pasta if they want a piece of pasta. And look at there's no sweet things allowed. So if you want to play in school. Yeah. I've got a question for you, right? And we can, we can throw all these recommendations yeah. to one side for a moment. And I'll tell you why. Because... I wanted to ask, in your opinion, and I hope you don't mind me saying this, as somebody who's been through it all, are we making too big a deal of these type of things in our modern day life? With yes. The, with, we are. Yes, we are indeed. When I went to school, you got one thing, and that was your sandwich. And I'd say, I mean, yeah. oh, you, I, you look I, like you paid a price for it now, Anne. You're still <laughs> flying around the place. <laughs> <laughs> we won't tell them where you're heading off um. No, but 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 I am saying that it, like it, it like there's so much emphasis now put on the school lunch and about it. Look at mine took cream crackers and cheese if they didn't like yeah. bread and they'd bring it put in an apple or something like that and that time she would allowed about I, I think we need more of this because I see it in my own life I see it you know my wife and, and I but she takes all the credit for, for, for making an effort shall we say um, and there's that sort of social media general sort of chit chat at the school gate oh my ah bother us just get on and feed them make sure they don't have an empty belly and an empty head yeah. and they'll be grand yes I would always say try and get something hot into them in the morning right. especially in the winter time let it be boiled milk on your wheat mix let it be porridge uh, boiled milk on, on cornflakes don't really sort of cut and, uh, and I would suggest you either use cornflakes wheat mix or porridge okay. forget about all that other stuff that's full the of sugar the sugar puffs and yeah, you, you know you don't. the sugar puffs if they want it for the weekend that's their treat on Saturday and Sunday but when they're going to school just make sure that they have you know a good warm and of course nowadays they can bring flasks to school as well yeah. and in the winter time you can have your little flask of soup and you can bring it with you as well now I do know some uh, some schools don't allow uh, 
hot, hot dreams. But you can check. I mean, it's easy. Just pick up the phone, ring yeah. the secretary, or send them a yeah. text or an and email, and they'll tell you one way or the other. And the other thing I would say, I was saying it today, there's a woman who was here as well, I know she was teacher herself, that make sure if it's a thing, you have a small child, peel the orange. The ch- the teacher, Miss, I can't open the orange. Should she can't Tough open look. the orange, yeah. Because <laughs> bite through the skin. Bite through then. the skin. But, but use a little mandarin oranges or something like that that are really easy. And if it's a thing that they want an apple to go into it as well, just slice up the apple, close it, and put a bit of cling film on it. So when they open it up, then they have the little pieces. Yeah, yeah, sort sounds of fantastic. Out of it, yeah. And will you stay with me? Because yeah. I want to take a little ad break. And yeah. I, I love your approach to things. Just, you know, <laughs> although you have the skill to fill a fabulous bento box with all sorts of <laughs> treats, the actual advice Anne Neary has given us all this morning is <laughs> keep it simple, stupid. KCL or live with thanks to the Fairgreen Shopping Centre gift card the perfect gift for all occasions see fairgreen.ie Carlo Kilkenny KCLR You're welcome back to KCLR Live again and and we'll have to stop yapping when we're in the ad breaks because we keep getting caught she's asking me all sorts of questions about Dancing with the Stars in January she's she's got my arm twisted up my back trying to see if she can find out who's on it I don't know Anne but I, as, soon, as, soon as, as soon as I find out I'll tell you Please do okay. from the horse's mouth as they say Listen before we continue our conversations um, about uh, school lunches and keeping it simple and all the nice interesting things Anne's just told me a little thing that I never thought of putting two things together um, and I'll let her tell you what that is in a moment but before we go any further I wanted to say uh, congratulations to somebody and that somebody is Aoife Holmes Aoife is in uh, Courtstown, Kilmanagh, County Kilkenny and she correctly identified this morning that the artist singing this song is in fact Simply Red and she is the winner of our book of 10 tickets to go and visit the good people at Tremor Fairground. Um, fabulous little prize and we'll have more of that tomorrow. Um, and what was the thing that you told me about during the ad break there? You said two yeah. things that can go together that kids love and I've never heard this before. Yeah. Mashed banana and avocado together. And what you do is keep your, you know, the little tubs that you get maybe, or maybe you have small tubs, mash it up, put it into, because you know banana goes black when you... That's so, right, yeah. Yeah, so put a bit of... And lemon, avocado sort of does as well, doesn't it? Yes, it does. But put a bit of, of yes, avocado as well as the... Uh, the some, but put some lemon juice through it and put it into a sealed tub and they can have it with a spoon. It's absolutely gorgeous. I've got to try it. And that's yeah. something that I've never... And you never... put in a few crackers. As you said earlier as well, don't forget to, to put, if they're going to have hummus or something that, to put in a few carrot sticks or cucumber six, yep. or celery six. Any any of those are actually quite okay, good. Okay, well, listen. Well. If you can, like, talk me through now the part of this. We've got breakfasts and we've we've talked yeah. about some 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 lunches yeah. and stuff like that. But there's that little window when they come home from school, maybe three o'clock. They're they've had their lunch. They're getting hungry, but you, you need to sort of tide them over until so dinner time. Dinner, yeah. Okay. I always say a pot of soup for the winter. You cannot beat it just have it there and the thing about it is that there's a glut of tomatoes at the moment going around the country if you get a tray we're calling my father the vegetable man at the moment because he keeps dropping us over (laughs) good man oh how lucky are you but the tomatoes uh, I would actually uh, put them in the oven with some onion chop them up with some onion and the tomatoes together that's just it and then if you don't have homemade stock when they're roasted hoosh the ho- when they're all roasted up hoosh them into a pot put in maybe a pint and a half of stock into it mm. or a bit of stock cube or whatever you have a bit of salt and pepper and about a tablespoon of t- tomato puree and then cook them down and blitz them divine and, and could, you, could you batch make a soup at the yes. start and freeze it maybe yeah. and then just yeah. when they when you yeah. dropped off school take yeah. it out and by the time yeah. they get home yeah. ready to go yeah that's exactly it yeah and the, the other thing is when you come home what I've talked about the 
the avocado and banana and give them crackers and that kind of fills them up sort of again or the other thing is hummus when they come in in the mm. evening if, they, if they're hungry as well let them have some some of that you see the thing is you start making sandwiches and things like that at three o'clock they're, they're not hu- they're, you're having dinner at five or half five so they it's but you want filling. them to eat dinner yeah. so, so you just want them to sort of go through on that but I would actually say that that um, you know to keep them keep them at bay I suppose until you until they're fed and uh, lock them in a room somewhere and you don't don't want them in the cookie jar but that's the thing I know we're jokingly saying lock them in a room somewhere but they're not going to starve thankfully we live in a world and a society where although there's there's a lot of challenges for people out there many many people challenges with the cost of living we're not living in in a world where most kids are going Mm. to starve so the whole mammy I'm starving yeah you know, they're yeah. not really. And there's nothing in the fridge and the fridge is full of stuff. There's <laughs> nothing that they want at the particular thing that you want to eat. And there's nothing. No, I've just shopped yesterday. The fridge is bursting at the seams. <laughs> yeah. and, and it's sort of... But uh, as well as that, uh, there's, there's another thing I just want to say. Make sure that your children uh, drink at least two quarters of a pint of milk per day. It's really good for young bones, mm. healthy teeth, hair, all that type of thing. And That's where it, I went wrong. Yeah. And what? That's where I <laughs> went wrong. <laughs> Never fed them the milk when he was one or two or three or four or whatever it was. But anyway, but just make sure that that they you know they do a sort of drink. Okay, different children are different things. Now there's oat milk and there's almond milk and all that type of thing. But like you have to get the protein of of like cheese and things like that into them if they're yeah. actually having those 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 other bits, you know. Or maybe they're vegetarian and they don't they only like. But try and keep them as balanced as you can until they come of age that they understand why they're not going to take this, that or the other. Yeah, so I love it. Really, lots of great advice there but also I think the key message as Anne said is keep it simple. We'd all be grand. And what have you got coming up over the next few weeks? You have some bits and pieces to tell us about. We have, um, actually if you look at my website we at last we have our classes put together and we have some lovely ones. We have family meals in September. We have um, some other ones in October and of course we have our fish day, our famous fish day. That's on the 4th of November. Now we only take 10 people so anybody's interested let me know and then of course we have our Christmas courses and we've added another one this year in November where we're doing finger food around Christmas you know you're having a party and you want a few nibbles and bites and things like that and even I just normally go to the local supermarket and buy a tray of pre-made stuff there you go that scratch bacon doesn't come into his vocabulary obviously so we'll have to change his mind on this here we'll bring him in the recipe and tell him you you try that because believe it or not he sounds I haven't eaten his food but he sounds like he's a really good cook so there you go Brian I can I I do I have to say I love the creativity of cooking I'm one of those that would quite happily you know that ready steady cook program where they gave you maybe we should do that with you one day you know the ready steady cook they'd hand you a plastic bag and you'd get a pepper and a this and a that and you'd you'd go hmm I could do that I know what would be good. I have a good idea. Do I do? You know, maybe what we'll do is we'll do something like that. We'll do um, easy meals on a budget, and we'll surprise Anne Neary every week with a set of ingredients and see how she gets all of that. Anne Neary. No, you'll have to come out to Royal and sure to do that in the my kitchen. Yeah. yeah as well, sort of along there. We'll have to we'll have to talk to to, to the producers and, and to find we'll, out all that. Just, don't worry about them, Anne. We'll just head off. They won't know. Anne, Anne Neary of Royal and Cookery School is always a pleasure having you in studio. We'll talk to you again next week. <laughs> we will be back. She's saying that in the back. She's going clinking off. And by the way, the only clinking that she has, just glasses of water. We're not, we're not really enjoying ourselves, but I do hope you enjoyed the morning. The last one I didn't take this glass out, I'm doing it 
for it. <laughs> and I have to turn your mic on before you, yeah, but don't worry about it. She's uh, keeping us all in check here. Um, Anne will be back bringing us all the madness again next week. I've got to get out of here. John Keane is up after 12. He's got lots of music and probably a bit of madness for you right throughout the afternoon. Take care, Anne, as she heads off out the door. Um, I'll be back with you tomorrow morning. Thanks to all of our guests for today. Thanks to Tara Bourne, Amy McLaughlin and everybody else who helps put the show together and keep us on track. I'll talk to you at 10. KCL or live with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo, helping you step out of the sweatpants and into style. See fairgreen.ie.